Hello, Husky fans. This is Max Cerullo, and you are listening to another episode of Yes, UConn, the podcast where we dive deep into the greatest UConn basketball games ever played. And uh, that's actually what we're going to do today. We're uh, not going to deal with uh, that mess from last night. Uh, you know, with St. John's, that that was a mess. Um, it'll be talked about by a lot of people in a lot of places. So we're going to try to do a little palate cleanser today and uh, look back on some better times. And uh, I'm really excited to, you know, have a, have a special guest with me today. Kyle Campbell, a.k.a. Pink Hat Kid, is with me today. Kyle, how is it going? Going well, man. It's going well. Like you said, we'll uh, not harp on that St. John's game, but talk about some uh, happier times for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, it's It's been a while. I mean, I think other than a couple of interactions on Twitter, I think you and I, I don't think we'd really caught up very much since we graduated, right? Yeah, yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, it's been too long. So, um, yeah. So for those, uh, for those of the few listeners who aren't familiar with you, uh, you know, Kyle is a, a one of the most visible UConn fans from the uh, early 2010s, and uh, it was a it was a big kind of part of the the we'll say the fan culture at that point during kind of Kemba Walker's uh, run and kind of the years around that period of time. And uh, as a result, Kyle has had a very up close and personal view of some of the the best UConn moments that we've had in recent memory. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So before we dive into that, though, Kyle, um, you know, what what's we kind of touched on it before we started recording, but uh, what have you been up to? What uh, what's life like for you these days post UConn? Yeah, I, uh, I live in New Orleans now with my wife um, and our dog. Um, I am our the director of game experience with the New Orleans Saints and the Pelicans. Um, and what that, that question is going to next question is usually what the heck does that mean? Um, I for the Saints and Pelicans, I, I oversee all the entertainment assets that are not the actual gameplay on the court or on the field. And so that includes national anthems, color guards, halftime performances, uh, any breaks, any entertainment during breaks or when there are TV timeouts, um, the music, the PA announcements, really uh, engaging the fans and entertaining the fans and giving them a great experience. Um, that is, as we call it down here, Lanyap, which is a little something extra um, to to the actual game itself. So we're, I'm there to help make sure that uh, the team that I work with is, is putting our fans' experience first and, and helping us win games, but uh, but really providing top-level game experience for all of our fans in attendance. That's really cool. I, I mean, especially, I mean, in a non-pandemic year, that sounds like that must just be a blast. Uh, what was yeah. this What was this year like? I mean, you guys, I guess, had some fans in the building, I think, right? Yeah, so, so with Saints, uh, we just wrapped up this weekend, unfortunately. But, yeah, we had about 3,000 fans. We had a couple games of about 6,000 fans. Um, our mentality was the same going in, but also understanding that um, our the Saints fans are very unique where they know their role. They know that they're there to help us win football games and, and scream their lungs out for, for 60 minutes. And uh, it's it's interesting because they're, they're still there and, and they still want to participate, but um, trying to kind of have to poke the bear a little bit to wake them up occasionally to be like, hey, even though there's 6,000 here, you still got to represent everybody who can't be here. And so... Um, really trying to, to keep that mentality was was good. It was, it was fun. I mean, we had, like I said, we had 3,000 at that, that Bucks divisional round game this weekend, but they got loud. I mean, and, and I wouldn't say it affected game affected the game quite like 70,000 more would, but um, but yeah, we're looking forward to next year already and, and hopefully having a full Superdome again. Yeah, no, definitely. That's such a cool job. I mean, man, that's a, yeah. that's a lot of fun for sure. I, I mean, and, and especially in this city, um, I feel I, the number two bullet point on my resume is uh, throw a party for 73,000 people on Sundays um, because this, the energy and, and the people in this city and it, there's, they have, it's very easy to find a reason to party and have a good time here. And so when the football team's winning and you play a, you play a song that's, that's a New Orleans nineties hip hop song, the place just goes bonkers and it's fun to be able to, uh, it sounds weird, but kind of be able to click a button and make people's day and, and make a memory for folks. That's that's what's really special about what I get to do. That's really cool. I mean, and to be able to say that you're the one throwing the biggest party in New Orleans of all places, that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's quite a statement for sure. Yeah, besides Mardi Gras, of course. 
Fair. Okay. You know what? But then again, you get to do it, what, like eight times a year, maybe nine or 10 yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah. Maybe even more. I mean, I guess the Super Bowl is probably its own thing, but you know, you know, either way, I mean, that's pretty cool. It's a, it's a pretty yeah, sweet gig. Not, not going to lie. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, so you're, you're obviously still doing, doing well now. Um, I guess to go, go back to UConn now, I, one thing I, I don't know if we ever actually talked about kind of our origins, but were you, when did you actually kind of come to the UConn sports fandom? Were you a lifer or were you like me where you like came to UConn and picked up the fandom as a freshman then? Yeah. Um, great question. I'm glad you started there. Um, so I was born and raised in Enfield, Connecticut, North Central Connecticut, right on the Massachusetts line on 91. Um, and frankly, I didn't want to go to UConn. Um, I actually um, had applied to other um, schools. I applied to Clemson and Georgia and Maryland. Um, not really knowing I was going in as a marketing major and, and ultimately um, – financially it made the best sense for me to go to UConn also I didn't get into most of those other schools so I didn't have many other options um but I didn't want to go to UConn because I kind of seen UConn as as oh a lot of people from my high school and from Enfield in general go there and I don't want it to feel like that uh like I'm just staying in high school um but I'll tell you that the I it never once felt that way um and it was awesome but but to answer your question about being a lifer yes not nearly as intense as I was once I stepped on, on, on campus. But I will tell you, my first real UConn memory was was definitely the 99 championship season. And um, I went to the parade with my mom and, and one of my sisters, and I actually ran away from them, chasing after the float to try to get Rip Hamilton's attention. <laughs> um, nice. I, I literally, in the streets of Hartford, I, and this was no cell phones at the time, obviously. Like, I was nine years old. No idea how I found them again, but I, I sprinted away from them chasing after the float. And and long and it's crazy how things come full circle, but we'll get to it. But I ended up getting to be on that float later in my years thanks to my job with the athletic department. But it's I was thinking about that while I was riding that float of how full circle that came there, which was kind of fun. Man, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, you know, honestly, I'm jealous of all the, uh, you know, the people our age who grew up in Connecticut and got to be a part of that 99 championship run. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm from Boston, so I, I can't complain. I've had quite a, a lot of a lot of great memories since. But, you know, when I was, I think the first one for me, I guess, wouldn't have been until the Patriots a couple of years later. So 99 would have been a big one. Like, that would have been the very first one ever. And so all like, you know, our, our you know, like you and some of the other guys from Connecticut, I, I've always been jealous of you guys for that because yeah, that was such I, a special year. Really funny too, that year I met, um, it was after the championship, um, Ricky Moore came to the Sears in the Enfield Mall, and I waited with my mom um, and I think a good friend of mine for probably an hour and a half to get his autograph on a hat, on a championship hat, and we did. And another full, another full circle story was when he was an assistant with us. Uh, I think I was this was like my super senior year. I I was spending some time with him, just uh, having some some pops. And told him the story, and it was just like so cool to be talking to that guy that led that team. And it was it was one of those I was just like, damn, like this is pretty freaking cool what I'm getting to do right now, talking to this guy, and uh, and just hearing his stories was awesome too. No, absolutely for sure. So you know, once you get to UConn, obviously over time you you know kind of became sort of one of the the main guys in the student section how did that exactly happen did you you know how did you sort of work your way up to the front row so to speak uh you gotta be friends with the right people <laughs> that's what it really came down to uh yeah i mean i got there i remember the first weekend when i was there i walk into the union and i see hashim to be and i'm like this is gonna be freaking cool here and that was kind of like my my come to jesus moment of like all right, I'm embracing the hell out of being here, and this is going to be great. Um, but so, yeah, I, I went, started going to games freshman year. I did not win the lottery at Gamble. Um, I don't believe I did. Yeah, I, I don't think I did. But uh, so I started going to games with I, – I, um, I lived in East in, in, uh, in Hicks Hall freshman year, and I started going to games with some of my buddies from East um, and some other friends I had met. And, like, there was the occasional – actually, I don't know if I ever – I never sat in the top level of Gamble. I always got there early enough um, to to be um, in the lower level, not obviously in the front front, but 
started to go to games and really just try to associate myself with people like Ryan Grace um, and Dale and um, and Matt Getz and people that I would see that are kind of Nick Pellin, Marty Suma, people that I would see that were kind of always towards the front. So I was like, hey, like that's my end. Like I got to get to know these guys. And I never expected them to be like my best college friends that I had to. Um, so truly it was really getting to know them and then kind of being like, hey, like I want to get on the schedule with you guys of, of, of everything. And how do I do that? What do I need to do? Um, obviously exchanging phone numbers with all of them and, and slowly kind of moved my way up and, and uh, towards the front. And Naveed was there and Matt and Anya. There's tons of people that were um, – that were huge parts of the student section as, as I was progressing through my years. We had to slowly kind of each week, we each, each, each couple months maybe, or, or every year I was moving a couple seats down. And then eventually um, my senior year, it was uh, Marty, Marty Suma and myself really kind of leading the pack and, and being the first two seats there on the aisle. And um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. But it, yeah, it was just something over time that it just, got to know the people and, and got in with the right folks and, and they treated me great and, and uh, still have friendships with a lot of those people to this day. Nice. That's awesome, man. You're bringing back some memories. I, a lot of those names I haven't thought about in years, man. Those are those guys, they, they represented UConn well. Um, so uh, now it's obviously when you, uh, when you kind of reached that point, you sort of became known as obviously the pink hat kid. So I'm curious where exactly, when exactly did you get that pink hat and what's the story so, behind it? Man, where I bought it, that's a good question. I think I bought it, honestly, on the boardwalk in Ocean City, Maryland, where I was visiting my sister and my brother-in-law there. But funny story that not many people know, it originally was, I, I bought a pink, a green, and a yellow. Um, and I wore the green one to my freshman year, so it was 2008 season. We played, I think it was Pitt. Um, maybe it was Georgetown. I think it was Georgetown early. And, um, I wore the green one. I was like, yeah, like, let's see if I could stand out in the crowd with the bright colored hat. I'll see if I could see myself on TV later, whatever. And was on, did that game, went to that game. I was, this was at XL and, um, and we lost. Um, and I was like, screw it. I'm not wearing this hat ever again. (laughs) I was superstitious about it. I was like, I'm not doing the green. I'm over it. Onto the pink. We'll see what happens. I think also that was the night. This was my freshman year, like I said, that I actually got in a fight on the dance cam with my roommate. Oh my god! <laughs> that was uh, that was something else that uh, we luckily he's still one of my best friends, and we joke about it to this day. Of he was trying to get in my spotlight, and I was shoving him back and forth, and it was it was interesting. Um, I feel like uh, I should remember this because I was at that game too, and I that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely must have seen that. I, I wouldn't have had any reason to notice or care at the time, but that's, yeah, that's really there, funny. There was some shoving back and forth, and, uh, but it was it made for good TV, as they say. Um, but yeah, so the pink, we just, uh, I think, honestly, we just started winning some games with the pink. And I was like, uh, uh, screw it, let's keep it. And uh, the name, I just changed, I think that's when I changed my Twitter handle to at Pink Hat Kid and uh, just tried to, do my thing, have a little bit of fun and try to have some character along with it, you know? And, and, um, yeah, it was fun. It was cool. It was, uh, something my wife is, is I think highly embarrassed by that. I did this, uh, <laughs> but whatever, that was 10 plus years ago. And, and yeah, it was, it was a good time that I like, it was something different and unique and just, I wanted to stand out. Yeah. Hey, no, it works. Hey, believe me, I, I can, I can feel that. I used to wear an embarrassing hat when I was in college too. So it's all good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, no. For, so let's, uh, yeah. Now as far as man, 2009 season was so much fun. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that I, I do remember that Georgetown game really well. And I think you mentioned the pick game. Are you talking about the one where like Hashim the beat basically Dwan got like Blair. judo oh, thrown yes. by Juwan Blair? Yes. That was over Christmas break. I remember, I believe. Um, cause I had, I had some friends drive up from um, Southern Connecticut and New Jersey. And I think we all went. It was during Christmas break. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and no, I think I think so. The Georgetown game, at least, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. Now, so the uh, yeah, now I guess like 
there been there was a lot of really great games while we were at school. So why don't I kind of leave leave the floor to you? So you you had a chance to camp out a lot of games. You got to see a lot of uh, the most memorable games of the last uh, you know in recent memory. Basically, what are what are a couple of good ones that stand out to you in terms of just like how fun they were and like I don't know maybe some of the you know the the camping out type of things that maybe uh, you know weren't necessarily something that people would see on TV. Yeah. Um, I obviously, I think when we beat Texas, um, when they were number one, granted they had lost earlier in the week. Um, that was a big deal. Cause I was obviously, that was game, that was game day. I think that was college game day. No, uh, maybe not. I don't know if that uh, one was, but that was, that was definitely a big one for sure. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. One that really is kind of like a low key great one for me was, was actually almost 10 years ago today. It was, it was uh, Martin Luther King weekend. We played Villanova on Big Monday. This was 2011, um, and Kemba hit that game winner, um, and it was, I believe, like a game winner, game winning floater um, from the right wing, if I remember correctly. I might be completely wrong on that. No, I think um, you're right. It was, uh, it was the loudest I think I'd ever heard uh, heard that place. Was that, by the way, I keep forgetting. Was that Gamble or XL? That was Gamble. Gamble. It was so loud in there yeah. that day. <laughs> It was, that was probably my most memorable night, um, camping out overall. And I know we'll talk more about camping out, I'm sure, but that night it was five degrees. Um, I fell asleep at one point in an auxiliary locker room in the natatorium. Um, but I ultimately slept for a couple of hours outside and it was so cold that I'm not kidding you. My drool froze from inside of my mouth to my pillow uh, and it was it was shivering I'm literally shivering thinking about it right now because it's it brings back ridiculous memories now if I uh, were if my memory serves didn't you guys also watch like some movie like on a snowbank that night yep yeah man I got a note about that as well and it was we watched the town I thought this actually came up with my Facebook memories this week I think it was we watched the town um I think it may have been the game before that potentially, um, which I'm actually looking at the schedule right now. That may have been uh, the Rutgers game. I uh, know that was at XL, so maybe that wasn't right. But whatever game it was, yeah, we we had a guy who was a GA, if I remember correctly, or TA, excuse me, um, in the math department and had an a- access to a projector. Uh, and I had a computer with some movies on it. And we ended up setting up a projector outside one night, projecting onto a snowbank because basically like a, a giant front loader had come through and just cleared out the space. And uh, and and we had like a flat surface there and it was awesome. And we, and we just watched a movie and had a good time. I mean, uh, believe it or not, I never drank uh, on the nights of those games when we were camping out too. That does not, that was, I was definitely in the minority. Um but I also had a job within the athletic department and I didn't want to be a jackass and do something stupid where I'm going to cost myself a job. And so, um, I was usually the, the sober one there, but, um, yeah, it was some crazy stuff of the projector. We would do karaoke late night, uh, in the student union with Backstreet Boys. Um, we had one game, I think it might've been the Texas game, honestly, that, somebody was able to break into Gamble and oh, no. <laughs> found, found a random rim and like literally took a rim out and they had it at their apartment in uh, Celeron after that. It was really random, but we also like got inside to warm up and we eventually got kicked out by a police officer. Well, eventually a police officer showed up and he ended up staying with us and talking to us and just wanted to get to know us for literally almost an hour. And backup was called on him because it was still reported that we were inside. And he, and this is a completely true story. Like he can't, he would come and like see us every game when we camped out. I forget his name. Um, but yeah, it was so random. Um, but we became friends with the cop when he was supposed to be kicking us out, but ultimately he really didn't kick us out. Um, yeah, man, it was, I, I kid you not, um, my greatest college memories, without a doubt, are from camping out on the, on the steps of Gamble. Uh, it seems completely ridiculous 
so many people ask me, why would you go there that early? Why do you need to be there? Like, what does it matter? And it wasn't necessarily a need. It was a desire to want to be there and really be with people that I enjoyed being around. And we shared the same interests and just had a good time. And from people bringing guitars to speakers and um, playing games and just really just the camaraderie of everybody there was what kind of kept us going and eventually sleeping at some points. Some nights there wasn't sleep and um, those next game days were long days, but uh, luckily we play a lot of Saturday home games. So we were, we were set there. Yeah, man. I, I do. I just remember like the specifically the time that I, I was like, I think I was coming back from like getting a burrito at the student union or something. And I ran into you guys <laughs> watching the town and I was just like, Oh my, I was on one hand, I was so jealous. I was just like, man, like this is like the most fun thing ever. But obviously like I was covering the team at the time. So I was like, you know, I was trying to kind of, you know, stick to my own plan basically, but just like, that was really cool. And on the other hand, I was just like, Oh my God, like it's freezing out here. These guys are nuts. (laughs) Yeah. We'd always have like power cords run. Some people would bring space heaters, but it was sleeping bags and layers, man. That's all what it came down to is, sleeping bags and layers and it was yeah i don't even know like whose tent i i would sleep in like i might have been matt getz's i'm not sure whose it was but um yeah i i just i'm curious to know like if that even happens obviously not this year but if that happens anymore um i i wonder if it's just like a lost lost art almost america's pastime of of sleeping out um yeah I, i think just times have changed so much but i think it's it was something that was really, really, really made my college experience great and, and solidified my decision of going to UConn as being a terrific one. No, definitely. And you know what, if, if they, I don't know what the kids at UConn are doing right now, but I can almost guarantee you that if they're not camping out or they weren't in the AAC, that's coming back for sure. <laughs> uh, it's got to, man. It's got to. These big games, like there's just something about when you can just drive by and you see the tents, like you know it's a big game when you've got you've got St. John's like this week and and you've got all these other big names. I mean, even like a Creighton or obviously Villanova. I mean, you've got those big names coming to coming to town. Like you got to treat it like the game that it should be and that it is now. Luckily with Danny Early, and so um, yeah, I, yeah, they, they've got to got to get back into the swing of things for sure with it if they're not already. No, oh, absolutely. So. So to 10 years, it's, it blows my mind that it's been 10 years since the 2011 championship season. Um, but you know, it's also been great. Cause just like looking back at some of those, you know, that was like, you know, I'd say from like, r- like roughly the couple of weeks leading up to this, the fiesta ball through the championship game in April, those are like four of the best months ever. Um, yeah. I, I just, it kind of occurred to me too. I don't exactly remember when you and I met, but I do remember the first time I like remember that we like kind of started interacting probably because we just ran into each other enough times where we're like, okay, I know this person now. And I believe yeah. it was at the Fiesta Bowl and specifically it was in that like New Year's Eve like party they were throwing somewhere. Downtown, downtown Tempe, right? Yeah. Do you, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, we were all out there for the game and it was, I remember like reading something like, oh, Tempe is one of the top five places to spend to spend New Year's, um, it was a blast, man. We we got after it. That was a good time. That was yes, I think that was right. I think that's accurate. When we first met, and uh, probably everybody had a few few cocktails in them, and uh, but yeah, that was that was a, a good trip. That was that was a heck of a trip. Obviously, I wish the game was different, but all things considered, I mean, for UConn to be in the position that they were there, um. I think was we were we were obviously very fortunate. Now, and I'll even extend what you had said about that four months to to argue that um, the time that we were at UConn. So for me, it was um, 2008 through 2012 was arguably one of the best spans of UConn athletics in general. Then, um, and and I don't think I realized how spoiled we were at that time until we left and it's um, obviously some things took a turn for the worse, but obviously some things are getting better too. Um, but I truly don't think I realized how fortunate we were to be part of something that was so great. Um, like you said, with Kashif on the, on the podcast earlier of um, four bowl, four bowl games, 
Um, I mean, it's it was great. It was awesome. I went to I I got to go to three Final Fours in, in my first three years at UConn, and so I uh, can't complain there with the, the men in Detroit in '09, the women in San Antonio in 2010, and then the men in um, in Houston in 2011. So, yeah, very lucky what we got to do there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot, just like between the Fiesta Bowl, the championship basketball runs, the, the baseball team, the soccer team. I mean, there, there was some really, there were like all across the board. It was really something else. Um, yeah. Baseball and soccer are two good ones. I mentioned that. I mean, from baseball hosting that regional in Norwich to soccer going far with the, the college cup and stuff. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, those, the goal patrol days and the canine unit, um, I mean, you know, but those were those were the days. That, I mean, we used to bring a case of beer out to the K nine unit and sit out there, <laughs> out, bas- out of baseball games in right field at at the jock. And those are some of the best like spring weekends of my life. Of not even just the actual spring weekend when that existed, but oh, yeah. hanging out at the baseball field and just watching watching baseball and not realizing you've got five six future major league players on that team too. Uh, not to mention some of the talent that came through the Big East too, but. Those are some awesome, awesome, awesome times. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, the national championship season with men's hoops, there was just a lot of great, uh, there was a lot of great games. Do you, what, what are you, what's your, what are some of your favorite memories of that season and just being up close? And uh, I'm sure you probably, you know, as an athletic department guy, I'm sure you probably had some good interactions with some of the people behind the scenes too. So, you know, what, what was sort of some of the things that stand out to you the most about that run? You know, it's funny you mentioned about being up close. Some of the stuff that stands out to me the most was when I was not up close. Um, that really, my memories of things. So we started, right, we, we go and we go to Maui, right? We play Wichita, Michigan State, and Kentucky. Um, I was actually in New York City and for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I watched, I think it was the Michigan State game and maybe the Kentucky game. I watched it in a hotel with Daniel Marshall and his daughter, Taylor Kapilski Rogers, who's still a good friend of mine. And that was a great memory to be able to like be able to watch that game with them and, 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 and hear it and see the reactions and stuff. That was awesome. And, um, that was really cool. And then, um, jumping later into the season, um, with the, the Big East tournament run, believe it or not, and you might get there later. Sorry if I'm spoiling things. I actually did not go to a single Big East tournament game. Um, during my entire time at UConn, believe it or not, um, the reason I didn't go this year was because I had signed up for an alternative spring break down here in New Orleans, actually doing Hurricane Katrina relief. Um, took a bus, about 50 of us, 26 hours down here. Um, and we were cleaning up lots in the, in the lower ninth ward and doing some things around the community here. And, um, but what was so special was that I was, I think I had a Blackberry Pearl at the time and I was checking scores on my phone and because uh, we had some of those afternoon games as we remember um, and I was kind of like the I was the the facilitator of getting the getting the games for everybody that was there and, and I remember streaming the, the Syracuse and Louisville games with everybody and um, while I wasn't there per se um, those were some great memories of, of being part of that stuff but um, as far as the games, being there, I mean, we start off the season ten and zero, and you're, you didn't really have high expectations going into the season, right? It wasn't something that you were anybody was expecting to be a, a twenty win team or 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 twenty five win team, never mind a national champion. And so, um, you come out, you're two years removed from a Final Four. You've lost guys like Hashim and Jeff Adrian and Jerome Dyson, AJ Price, all those guys, um, and then you kind of you go into this year and you're just kind of getting on this run. You start 10 and 0 and then you get into big East play and it's back and forth a bit. We have a six game winning streak and obviously I'm not remembering all this. I'm looking it up right now. So I'm referencing it appropriately. Um, but I just remember just, just having a lot of fun and just being there and just, there were some heartbreakers too though, man. Like, like that Louisville double overtime game when Peyton Siva just took over. Um, uh, and we, I mean, we lost to Syracuse that year. That's never fun. Nobody wanted to ever lose to Syracuse. That's for sure. Um, and so there was a lot of back and forth in Big East play that that didn't sit great, obviously, going into the tournament. And then 
once things just kind of got moving, man, you knew there was very little chance to, to slow us down a bit here. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that's kind of the overarching feel from that and, and memories from that season. Yeah, definitely. That's actually really cool to hear that you did a service trip to New Orleans because I actually did the same thing except the year before. So oh. I... Yeah, I missed it. I guess I got my timing a little better. I was I was in New Orleans sophomore year uh, for the 2010 where they get like, I think, was it St. John's who beat them that year? In the, in the, it was, they, they lost to somebody. It was, that, that whole 2010 season was a dumpster fire other than the Texas game. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but that, boy, yeah, that bus ride though. Thir- I think for me, it was like 30 hours. It was a, it was a haul. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, once again, it's funny how it all comes full circle with me now having lived here for almost six years so it's it's uh it's pretty cool yeah we no. literally got to go we actually went to a hornets game we saw a mecca play because he was with the hornets at the time down here and uh i sat in a seat um at the very top row of the upper deck right in front of our, our booth the booth where they did all the audio and and, and did a bunch of uh work we do our our music prompts and all this different stuff out of there and now i oversee the people that are in that room um, so it's really kind of freaky sometimes when I think about how, how me being at that game and now I'm, I'm kind of, I'm here back here overseeing all this. It's, it's pretty, pretty kind of surreal sometimes when I think about it. No, definitely. That's really cool. So, uh, you mentioned that you went to the final four. Let's talk about that. Um, first of all, how did you get to Houston? <laughs> how did I get to Houston? Ah, uh, man. We did not fly directly into Houston. I know that for a fact. I believe I flew into, shoot, I should know my geography better. It's either San Antonio or Dallas. And then we drove the remaining time. Um, I was with about four or five other guys. Um, Yeah, I know. I remember we definitely, definitely, definitely did not try or did not fly into Houston because of, because of, uh, how expensive it was. And I also remember that we didn't stay in the nicest of hotels because of how expensive it was. And, um, I've got some stories overall with my, the three final four trips while a student, um, that were some interesting adventures that I will always remember. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we, you gotta remember, I mean, we don't know until the week before basically, right. That we're going. And so, um, and you were in the same boat, but obviously you, where your travel was a little different situation going for work. Um, but yeah, I got, we, we ended up buying tickets um, that week before and buying flights and, and hotels. And it's kind of, I feel like a mad dash of Facebook messaging of who wants, because it wasn't really, I mean, texting happened, but it wasn't as huge at that point, but it was, Hey, who wants to go to the final four? And it's like, I got four comments saying, yes, there's my group of five right there. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of how things how things shook out with getting there. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that that sounds better than what some people went through. I know a few people drove, or a lot of people took. Oh. The, there was a few buses, I think. So, or maybe I had was some there? Friends, so I, I, I had a good group of friends. It was, it was uh, Matt Getz, uh, Marty Suma, and Brian Preventure, who actually were in Indianapolis for the women's final four that year. We lost, if you remember, I mm. believe, to Notre Dame. Yes. Um, and they drove from Indianapolis to Houston overnight, Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Oh, uh, no, excuse me, Sunday night for the Monday championship game. Yeah, uh, Colin McDonough did the same thing. I think he may have Great. flown, but he was he was in Indy to cover the game. And next thing you know, he's like, all right, I'm here too. Let's party. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love meanwhile, it. Matt and I were like, all right, well, we'll, we'll catch you after the game or something. <laughs> Was a, I don't know what they call it now, but it was a Reliance Stadium at the time, the place where the Texans play. That place was huge, man. What, what, what was your? What do you remember like stepping into that place for the first time? So the whole process was pretty crazy. Now I'm just mentioning that it'll make sense to you in a second. So as students, we were instructed to. We said, all right, we bought our tickets. Which, by the way, student tickets were only I think twenty dollars. Um which was great because you can't charge students $250, $300. That's asinine. So we got in for, there was very little information that we received, but basically we were told after buying the tickets, show up to the convention center in Houston and you will be given your tickets basically. More like that. That sounds sketchy. Um, 
and it is what it is. Um, but so we go, we, we, I was with a group of guys that a lot of guys I camped out with. Um, and we, we go to, so this is Saturday, right? So this is the semifinal. We go to, um, Reliant and which is now NRG. And we, we get to that, that convention center and we're like, holy crap, this place is monstrous. And there's nothing else going on around there. Like what is happening? What do we do in there? So we, we finally see probably like three, um, gates in basically it's like student pickup or whatever. And there is, there's lines for the other students, um, which correct me if I'm wrong was Butler, VCU, us, and who am I missing? Kentucky. Kentucky. Right, right, right. Uh, that's who we beat. Um, but so we were all there. I mean, if I'm talking, if the game was probably say first game was probably six o'clock central, we were probably there maybe 8 a.m. or so because um, we were the crazies of, of having to, of wanting to be there early to get as close as possible. So what happened was eventually people came over um, and we were all in line in our individual schools, so we were not bunched together. But we all got to know each other, and there's, there's a kid with uh, kid Kevin Schwartz who, worked, who was at Butler at the time who I still keep in touch with and still follow him on all social media. We actually ran into him at the MLB All-Star Game in Cincinnati a couple of years ago, and um, it's just funny how that relationship just really stemmed from, from spending time in, in together at the, the convention center. But so they printed our tickets um, in the convention center, and then it was like, go. We, I'm not kidding you, had to sprint. Not had to, but because we were urgent, had to sprint around the entire exterior of the Astrodome not knowing really where we were going, but they were told, hey, you have to go to this gate at, at, the, at the football stadium. So we leave the convention center and we sprint to the around the outside of the Astrodome, where we then just had to wait in another line for like an hour just before they let us into the building. We, the group I was with, we were the first ones there. Um, and we... As soon as so we waited that hour, I remember we got to know the security guards in line, um, had a little bit of fun, whatever. And then we, we gates open and dude, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if I've ever run faster in my life, uh, <laughs> sprinting in the gates and they're like, no running, no running. We're just like, try and stop us. Go ahead. Like you're not going to slow us down. And, um, we had to figure out like what, what floor section we were in, what, what what actual sections of like that hundred level actually gave us access to the floor? So it was like scrambling like crazy to get down there um, and get in there, but also having no real whereabouts of what the hell was going on. Um, so I, I just remember like getting there and like getting the seats with my buddies that I was with, and then finally I think we sat and we're just like, holy crap, this place is monstrous. Um, and I had been to, like I said, I had been to um, to Ford Field in Detroit two years prior, and thought that was big. But uh, excuse me, Houston is Houston's another level, man. It's it's definitely one of those larger than life places for sure. It was crazy, like you know, walking in. It, it's way so. I'm used to Gillette Stadium in you know New England, which is a you know an open air stadium. So you know that's kind of you're used to seeing like big football stadiums. This one, like, it's, like, totally, like, domed in, basically. So you walk in, and you're just like, I don't think I've ever been in a building with a roof this tall b- before. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's funny. I mean, I work in the Superdome almost every day, and it's uh, it's a really big building, and it's funny to see people's reactions when they're in there for the first time, because I think people feel the same thing about the dome here. Yeah, I can definitely see that. The uh, Yeah, no, the other thing that stuck out to me, though, is just not only was how big it was, but also just, like, Everywhere I looked, like, I, I, like, turned around one time when I was sitting courtside. I remember Jim Beheim is just, like, directly over my shoulder. And Dude, I met him on the concourse that, that year, I remember. I was just walking the concourse and, and met him. I remember seeing Tom Izzo um, before the game. So we were really fortunate that CBS did their broadcast from the back of our section. Um, so we met everybody from Charles Barkley, uh, Jimmer Fredette, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was sitting in the section right near us. 
it was like Bill Walton. Um, it was pretty surreal for us as as just basketball and sports fans in general. It was really, really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a who's who. Like, I mean, it's true. Like everybody in the sport basically goes. It's like sort of like the like the big. What do you call it? like the convention or something where yeah. everybody just kind of gets together? It was yeah, I mean it was cool, and then obviously just well, once the game started, it was just like it was nuts. Uh, you know the uh, the Kentucky. I guess start with the Kentucky game. Do you do you remember anything specific about how that played out? Like and from your vantage point and kind of how the student sections kind of all uh, all went went at it there. You know it was interesting because student section seating for the Final Four sucks. Um, because your face is, your eyes are essentially at court level. Um, and that raised court, it's really hard to see because you have band in front of you, you have cheer in front of you, you have the camera operators in front of you. And so the, the, the actual like, game experience, to be honest, is not great. Um, thankfully we won or else it really would have sucked. Um, but I remember, uh, being in there cause in, and, and it was, um, it was just, it was so interesting to just kind of, we were the second game, I believe, that night. Um, and it was just, it was just great to be there. But I remember there were so many Kentucky fans, man. It was, um, yeah, there was so much Royal Blue. Um, and and it's, the one thing, I, my one nitpick about UConn Athletics is the colors not standing out enough. Uh, as weird as that sounds, but looking at old pictures today as I was getting ready for this, seeing VCU's yellow everywhere and Kentucky's, um, their blue or Michigan State when, when in 09, they're green. And um, we don't have that necessarily, which it is what it is. But um, yeah, I just remember that game um, being being pretty close, but um, but ultimately um, we Shabazz hit those free throws and really sealed the deal late. And um, luckily, because... Um, who was it at that game? Brandon. Uh, yeah, Brandon Knight hit the three at the end. Brandon Knight hit that three at the end because it was a yeah, to make it a, um, a one point game, but luckily it was irrelevant at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a strong output offensively. Neither game was for us in Houston, as we know. Uh, I mean, Kemba had eighteen. Chavez, or excuse me, Jeremy had twelve, and those are the only two guys on our team that scored in double figures, and it's. That's pretty crazy to think that you can win a national semifinal game um, against the team that had Brandon Knight, Terrence Jones, DeAndre Liggins, Josh Harrelson, and Darius Miller, Duran Lamb, and only and scoring only 56 points. I mean, we were fortunate. Uh, maybe it was some of the depth perception issues with the with the court and the stadium and all that, but um, yeah, it was that game was was something else. Yeah, no, I, I think the the depth perception is probably something to that because it's you're you're used to what normally you have like the closest fan is like maybe 10, 20 feet behind the basket over here now it's just like literally like half a mile it's just uh, yeah, yeah. it's it, pretty it was pretty nuts for sure yeah well you know as you just said something about the the Yukon's colors one thing that probably wasn't really helping them in that respect was Butler basically has the same stu- school colors yeah. as Yukon or close to it so you have two of the student sections basically look the same so you know whatever luckily though we were not next to each other we were next to VCU um, and Butler and Kentucky were on the opposite side, but but yeah, I mean, a cool thing too that we actually did a bunch of us was they put all T-shirts on the seats for all the students, and we traded with the other schools. Um, so I have somewhere I think maybe still a VCU and a Butler Final Four shirt. And I traded with some people that had some UConn ones. So it was, it was kind of a cool thing we got to do there. That's sick. Honestly, one of my biggest regrets is I never got one of the UConn shirts. Uh, that, like, what was it, the Final Four road trip one? I saw a lot of people yeah. wearing. That was such a sick shirt. I I, I, I don't even, I don't know. I, just, I blew it. I should have <laughs> I should have found somebody and just been like, hey, how much, like, if I pay you $50, will you give me your shirt? And they'd be like, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Mine might not fit me anymore if I have it. I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting that to you. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, whatever. It's, it, I think, I think we're we're well past that now. But either either, either way, um, what do you guys do in the game the day between the games? Because uh, we uh, we were in the same hotel as the VCU fans, like all oh, God, like two thousand of them, and they, I swear to God, that like 
we we like went to the pool before like you know i think it was like 10 in the morning and just hung out and within like 20 minutes like a couple of vcu fans come out and they're like oh this this looks nice the next thing you know it's basically like some sort of like american pie movie it was it was it was unbelievable <laughs> the vcu fans were nuts did you have any kind of experience like that or, or what was a little more no, low-key for you guys really, uh, the day between because if i remember correctly we stayed pretty far outside of the city just because of how cheap it was like i had said um but the day in between, we went down downtown to the um, area where they had the big discover. It's Discovery Green, where they had Kenny Chesney concert. Which I'm a huge country guy, and that was freaking awesome. A free Kenny Chesney concert. Um, that's like never heard of anymore. So, um, granted, concerts are non-existent right now, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, we spent the day um, kind of exploring downtown a little bit. And and going to that concert and uh, it was a good time, man. Yeah, I just tried to just try to. We had the high still from the night before and the, the anxiety coming for for Monday and and so um, yeah, we we went to that concert and just kind of chilled for sure. Yeah, I, you know what? I heard about that concert. Uh, we were like, so I was in the media hotel and I guess technically so was everybody from VCU. We were across the street from the football stadium. So on one hand, it was like, is it really easy to get to the game? But on the other hand, I couldn't even walk to a pizza joint and like Uber wasn't a thing yet either. So we had no way to get anywhere. So yeah, the stadium, the stadium and downtown are not close to each other at all. Yeah. It's like, I've technically been to Houston, but I don't really feel like it. I I was like, I, I, I was, I don't know. What what would you call it? Almost like some sort of weird, like field uh, (laughs) somewhere in Texas, I guess. I don't know. It was, yeah, it's almost like a, industrial park out there where the stadium is essentially yeah houston's interesting it's uh i'm you know you and i you know kind of from the same new england vibe where you have a bunch of towns and each of the towns kind of have their own feel whereas houston is basically just like take like basically the entire state of rhode island and it's just one city but like there's only like things actually happening and like here and there (laughs) yeah i will tell you it was funny actually uh couple years ago so houston's only about a five-hour drive on i-10 from new orleans a couple summers ago my wife and i went to an astros game we took a weekend just went to houston um wanted to see george play i thought it was cool obviously and um got to when we were driving in i saw a couple of things that reminded me of of like driving by their convention center um and, and kind of the toyota center downtown and stuff it was like man this all brings back memories um from from the final four so it was, it was pretty cool to do that no definitely the uh now the championship game itself um we don't really need to talk about the game itself in too much detail because it was such a beautiful disaster um but what do you what do you remember just about the feeling of when the, the final buzzer sounded and they won uh, excuse my language i hope i can swear i was scared shitless because of the the fireworks and everything that went off in there oh my gosh that's, the, that's like the biggest thing i remember of of the pop, 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 pop. Uh, it sounded like gunshots. And, that, and I was just like, what just happened? Um, and then ultimately, yeah, it was it was just like this, oh my God, we did it moment. And I was just like kind of in shock. I, I feel like it was, um, it was, it was just one of those things that, that I didn't know if I was ever going to really experience as a student and um, was so lucky to have done so. And um, yeah, man, it was just such joy um, to be part of that. And it was, I just felt so fortunate to be there, be in the front row, um, see people that I knew within the athletic department, just celebrating and be around my friends. And like I said, that, that close group of guys who drove in from Indy, uh, Indianapolis to come down and see them and be around these people and really have memories with these, with these folks, these guys and girls that will always have this shared moment, um, of being there together. It was, that was something that was just so special about being there for that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel you there. I mean, I'll tell you when um, when UConn lost in the Final Four our freshman year, I I, uh, I watched that game at the student union, and after it was over, I distinctly remember just being like, "What what did I just do? Why wasn't I there? I should have gone." And then I was yeah. like, was really nervous because I was like, "They might not get back while I'm a student. I I may have yeah. just blown it." And then, so then obviously, you know, junior year and that all happens. I'm just, I remember, you know, being, you know, watching one shining moment on the court being like, okay, you know what, this is, this is like 
pretty much the ultimate. It doesn't get any better yeah. than this. So it was something. Yeah, else. I think I, I think I shed a few tears during one shining moment, man, and that was just to kind of truly feel like you were part of it was something that was like it was it was not to sound cheesy, but it was moving. You know, like it's it's something that is just. You didn't, you never really expected, honestly. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, just like for, you know, for people like us, like, you know, not very many people have the luxury of getting to see it that, like, you know, we, we're at most of the games and you got to be like right up front for most of them too. Like, that's just something that doesn't, even the people who got to watch it, most of them didn't have that experience. So like, it was just, I, it was just something else just to, to be able to, I don't know, you know, just, just be, be a part of that moment, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to keep you for too much longer. So I guess just like, you know, looking ahead, I mean, you know, UConn's had an interesting road since then, you know, they win another championship in 2014 and it's been kind of up until this year, it's mostly been kind of rough. So what's like, you know, what's your, your fan experience been like since? And, uh, you know, I guess kind of what, where is it now that UConn is finally on the upswing again? Yeah. Uh, if I could tell you a funny story real quick. So, um, the one bad thing that I'm disappointed about the Huskies leaving the American is because they would play down here against Tulane. Um, and so I would get to go to those games. And, and I mean, I live not even 10 minutes from Tulane's campus and I would go and, um, but one year it was probably, it was my, it was probably 2016. It was right around New Year's, it was early January, 2016. So I had my college roommate who I got in that fight with on the video board. He came down here with his now wife stayed with us um and we went to the game and we had some some beverages beforehand there's a consistent theme here to a lot of this uh, we had some beverages and i hadn't been to a yukon game at that point in in four plus years and so i was really anxious and excited to be there and, and really happy and what people don't necessarily realize about two lanes uh arena fogelman arena Devlin Fieldhouse, whatever it is, that it's tiny. It is it is the size of, I mean, from comparison's sake, like smaller than the Fieldhouse um, at UConn, and it is so small that any but anything could be heard. And I made sure that I was heard. Um, and this, this was also my wife's. She was my uh, girlfriend at the time. This was my wife's first experience with me at a UConn game. Um, I, and she was actually employed by Tulane at the time. So it wasn't the most kosher thing. Um, but I was in the Yukon section, luckily, um, got, got tickets through the athletic department. And, um, so I was seated appropriately, but I was standing up cheering, whistling, yelling, screaming, and everybody could hear me in there. I had four people, four older Tulane fans that were sitting a couple rows behind us. I remember these older gentlemen that were like, that were so mad at me. And I just was going back at them of you. He was like, this isn't a golf. This isn't a damn PGA tour event guys. Like people should be up and loud and having a good time. And I said, the guy, I will never forget this line. The guy said to me, you should bring aspirin with you everywhere you go. Cause you're a pain in everyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, sorry, man, this isn't a funeral home. This is, this is what real basketball is like. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, my wife heard it a little bit at, at work that next week. Um, but I, I will miss that obviously getting to see them come play here. And, uh, she didn't go with me the, the subsequent times after that, but, um, I'll miss that. But I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic, man, about, about the future. I think what Coach Hurley is doing this year, um, may even be ahead of schedule, right. Of, of what people may have anticipated, um, and we'll see. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. You see a lot of teams that are your classic powerhouses, your quote unquote blue bloods, which I include us in, that haven't always that haven't done well as of late. I mean, Kentucky this year I know is struggling. They started off one and six. Duke dropped out of the top twenty-five this week. Um, it shows that there's kind of the ebbs and flows, and and that hopefully I think that um, we are on the, going in the right direction there, where we're not trending and negatively, which we had been, unfortunately, following 2014. And um, I think most importantly with Coach Hurley, and I've already seen it, I think, um, is that he develops players. I love Coach Ollie for, at times. 
Um, I unfortunately never felt like there was development of players. You had guys like 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 Rodney Purvis, right? Who who was hey, he's the Corvette or he's the Ferrari or he can be the Ferrari. You never saw that. You never saw guys like um, I think Kenton Facey might be the only guy I felt like ever really improved during Ali's time. It was just kind of obviously you got that championship um, in '14 off of the coattails of, of Coach Calhoun's team, basically. Um, and he coached the team, don't get me wrong, and did his thing. But I just never felt like there was improvement amongst the guys. And and that's something that I think Coach Hurley has already superseded him with there. And, um, and that's tremendous to see. And then also seeing on the recruiting front, man, he's, he's doing tremendous. And, and that brings me great joy. And I think one of the coolest things about UConn that people don't realize, too, is that, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think Andre Drummond is the only one and done we have ever had. I and believe that's true. Yeah, in the traditional sense. I mean, I guess in, in, I don't think you'd really want to count Nadav Hennefeld because that wasn't exactly the same situation. But right, other than right. that, yeah, I believe Drummond is the only one. And so I think there's something substantial to that from our fans to see of guys aren't just here to just get the road, play that that six seven months whatever it is and then get out. Um, like if they're here to to try to be part of something really cool, and that's how I always felt it was there. I mean, you got obviously Kemba left after his junior year. I think Rudy Gay left after his sophomore year, but needed to. He's a lottery player still playing in the league thirty five years later, essentially. Um, but but yeah, I think there's something that's really unique about that. And I think that's something that Coach Hurley, I hope, will continue to to have that it stands for. It's not like if you're committing to UConn and committing to him and his coaching staff, you're not just there to just try to get to the NBA. You're there to really try to re-blossom this flower that was what that was once the national powerhouse of UConn basketball. And, and it's very exciting. Um, great to be back in the Big East. Also, from my standpoint, selfishly, TV. Um, I didn't get to. I haven't gotten to watch a ton of games recently in the the, the few last few years because of. CBS college sports and all those random networks they were on in the American. And now, I mean, I think I saw a tweet that there's like four or five upcoming games on either Fox or CBS or FS one that I get. And it's nice as a, to, as from a national brand perspective for them to be able to be seen all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic about the future um, short term and long term and, I just hope that Coach Hurley doesn't do too well that he gets picked up by somebody else. I mean, I'm already trying to think that far in advance, but I think that he is really taking great ownership. Um, I think a great coach accepts responsibility for losses and gives praise and all the credit to the players for wins. And I think he's done a really good job of that. And I think any true leader needs to be that, have that mentality. Uh, and I haven't always seen that. And, and But I think he... He is somebody that um, accepts responsibility, uh, and I, th- I really like that. It takes ownership over everything, and and as we all know, has some uh, some great takes on Mike's post game um, with his "You better get us now while you can, because it ain't gonna last that long" type stuff. And um, he's just a character and somebody that I think embodies UConn basketball tremendously yeah he's he's fantastic and you know if he if he does so well that he gets poached by a bigger school honestly I think that would be a pretty good problem for UConn to have because that probably means they've won a lot of games so yeah no either way it's it's gonna be fun uh obviously would have liked uh you know this St. John's game to have ended a little bit better but it is what it is now uh I guess before I let you go I just wanted to mention too I saw your hot uh your hot sauce video and you uh Busted out the old pink hat. Did that feel like you were like an old samurai, like grabbing his sword for like the first time in <laughs> gen, like you know, decades or something? What was how did that feel? Um, again, my wife thinks I'm crazy that I still have that. I don't, I don't think she understands uh, the the history behind there fully. Um, yeah, I, I I'd seen seen some of the videos going around at first, and I was like, what is this? What is going on? And then. Once it started to take off, I was like, shoot, I, I've got to partake in this. I've got to make my donation to the Husky Ticket Project. And um, I, I think what is going on with that right now is absolutely incredible. Um, K 
Kevin Korstep, one of the guys that's part of that project I know from my time at UConn. Um, and, and it's really, really awesome to see um, kids being put to the forefront and, and really seeing all these people from, I saw the women's team do basically a, uh, um, a thunderstruck line of shots the other day after <laughs> practice or all these guys on the baseball team, guys that I keep in touch with, like uh, Elliot Glenn and Billy Ferreter and Pierre LePage, all those guys. And I saw Randy Etzel did his donation. Um, it's incredible to see that everybody can come together before this, which started off as a, as a, just a stupid bet from, from Penfield there with, with that Marquette game. And, um, but yeah, it was fun to get the hat back out. And, um, I have a box in my closet of stuff from that national championship year, man, of daily campuses to my seat cushion, um, to sports illustrated covers, to, um, the towels that we got. I mean, Unfortunately, moments like that, I kind of hoard a little bit. Um, and so, but those are things that I just think were, were so, such great memories as a college kid that I never want to let go. But, but bringing the hat back out, I had to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to uh, do that moment without, without bringing the hat back out when it's for the kids and it's for the Huskies. It's a pink hat or nothing else, you know? Definitely. Well, you know what? When the time comes that the, the hat needs to be retired finally, I'd say you got to get that to like the athletic department to put in like the Husky yeah, Museum or well, something. I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I, I didn't, uh, I haven't put a bug in somebody's ear about that in years past. Nothing recently. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that's, you know, come to think of it, I think I bought that hat at an Ocean State job lot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Anybody still listening from the beginning, I think that's where that hat originated from, an Ocean State job lot in Enfield, Connecticut, such, now that I think about such it. Such humble beginnings. That's wild. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kyle, thanks so much, man. This has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I Absolutely. guess if, uh, you know, anything else you want to add or any anything you want to plug while I got you? No, I think, uh, like I said, I think we're just really fortunate to be part of some really awesome uh, years at UConn. And, and like I said, it truly was uh, my greatest memory is being, being part of something and, and getting to witness something firsthand. And um, sometimes my studies took the back seat if we had a big Monday game and I had a test Tuesday. Uh, it is what it is. I, I still graduate. I still got my diploma. I still have a job. Um, I won't remember those tests, but I'll always remember those games that I was at with my friends. And it was always cool, like I said, just build relationships with people and, and find people that wanted to go to the games with me sometimes whether it was a Tuesday against Nepal um I had Matt Barnes with me up front one game randomly um he was a good he was a friend of mine that I still talk to and it was cool to be able to just be he's like hey man I want to go to a game with you I was like all right cool granted he didn't sleep out nor did I for a Tuesday against Nepal but uh it's cool that people wanted to be part of it and and I'm truly uh just really fortunate that I um, had people around me that were as committed and, and desired to be in that same situation as I did. And, and I had roommates that tolerated my crazy hours. Um, and yeah, man, it was, it was something else. And it was, this was great to be able to think back on it and, and really just go through my time there and reminisce and really miss the hell out of going, being at games and, uh, miss Ted's and, and go and celebrate and after games there. And, um, yeah, I, I think like we said, though, things are on the up and up and, and really happy with, with the direction that, um, the athletic department's going in and, um, hopefully football can get back there too. Obviously that's always, we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of up in the air, but, um, we've seen the power that UConn can have in that state and in the region of new England as a whole and, and sometimes nationally. And, um, I, I think it's important that we get back there and get back there soon and, and, and stay there. So looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, for sure. Well, it's going to be a good time. I hope, uh, hoping for the best in the coming uh, weeks and months and, uh, you know, years with UConn and all the athletic programs. And uh, yeah, so um, as thanks uh, for all you guys out there. Thanks again for listening. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll have some more uh, good, uh, up-to-date UConn news. I guess there's the Creighton game coming up, and we'll see how that goes without Book Night. But in any case, you guys know the drill. You can follow me on Twitter at Max Cerullo, M-A-C-C-E-R-U-L-L-O. DMs are open, and uh, you can reach me by email at yesuconnpodcast at gmail.com. 
And uh, yeah, leave five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and uh, you guys do your thing. Um, So yeah, we'll be back next week and I will talk to you all later.